Welcome to the Indian Silicon Valley podcast. I'm your host Jibraj and on this podcast I speak with founders, investors and domain experts from the Indian Valley trying to understand the art of building a legendary company. In this episode I speak with Akash Gupta, co-founder and CTO of Grey Orange. Grey Orange is the leading warehouse automation company in the world and has single-handedly put India on the global map of robotics technology. Samay and Akash were fascinated by robotics since their college days and decided to turn their passion into a business. Years later, Grey Orange is one of the most massive successes in our ecosystem, generating value by working on cutting-edge technology internationally. They have clients in over 30 countries. and are valued at almost a billion dollars thus making them a perfect manifestation of what happens when motivation intent and passion meet to decode this uniquely phenomenal journey i sat down with akash the co-founder and cto of grey orange through the conversation we uncovered the journey of how grey orange got started understand the value of naivety and intent while we dive deeper into building a diverse talent pool to target a robotic software problem have incredible foresight and grasp what it means to scale grey orange is certainly one of the most interesting new age companies and this episode tells us why i'm super delighted to be sharing this one and i'm sure you will agree with all of it but before we get started here is a quick word about our sponsor This episode of the Indian Silicon Valley podcast is presented by Stride Ventures which is one of India's leading venture debt funds becoming synonymous with innovative startup financing in India. Stride Ventures provides comprehensive solutions going beyond venture debt to cater to distinctive challenges faced by high growth and inherently strong businesses backed by leading institutions. The fund has a portfolio of over 60 plus diversified companies having deployed more than 1500 crore rupees to date in just over 2 years stride ventures has emerged as the preferred venture debt lender in the indian ecosystem to know more about this phenomenal fund visit strideventures.in that is spelled as s t r i d e v e n t u r e s . i n and with that let's dive in to the 111th episode of the indian silicon valley podcast with akash of grey orange thank you so much akash for joining me incredibly delighted to be hosting you today well, thank you jeevraj i'm pleasure to be here awesome i'm super pumped for this conversation because grey orange is one of those very unique companies from india which is building cutting edge technology and especially in hardware in deep tech in deep sciences which is you know unheard of so i want to dive deeper into how you built this but before we get there i want to start at the very beginning which is you know developing a passion for robotics and how you and samay got started very early on in college itself if you can maybe take us through the journey of how you know you got in love with robotics especially at a time where everybody was falling in love with computers what was the you know fascination for hardware robotics how did you get into it and why did you decide to you know eventually build a business on top of it that'll be lovely to get us started akash Sure, sure. So yeah, I think uh, uh, you know pretty much as I was joining joining the college, I, I realized that we had you know seen learned a lot on on the paper, right? You, you can you know pretty much I could 
draw a DC motor or AC motor, you know, in, in, in the best of its form. But even if you would ask me, how does it look or, you know, help me identify, I won't be able, able to. So I think all that curiosity got me to kind of start looking at something which is more physical in nature, which, which I can, you know, see, touch, understand and, and things like that. So I think that, you know, entering into the college, that was definitely one uh, curiosity in 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 my mind and um, as i went into bitspilani i i i met uh, you know samay and 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 some of the other team members and i thought yes robotics is something that can really help me you know to to kind of uh, you know get beyond the 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 books and chapters and and do something which is uh, you know which you can feel and and touch so yeah that's that's where the journey for um, you know robotics um, you know started and of course I think, uh, you know, the, the journey after that was very, very engaging. But yeah, that's how it uh, it, it got me in. Got it. No, that's super fascinating. And it's amazing how far that's come. And Grey Orange is now one of the largest uh, robotics companies, if you could call it, warehouse full movement centers have been completely automated across the globe by Grey Orange. Uh, what I want to understand is when you're building something so category creating, right, you don't have a roadmap per se. So if you can take us to maybe the zero to one, right, like maybe take us to the first couple of orders, a uh, primary thesis, getting the team together, the zero to one for Grey Orange as to, especially with the context that it was so category creating in nature i think that'll be very interesting because you know this is unheard of and your young founders can get an opinion as to how to build this out for themselves sure sure so i think you know if i remember the early days you know we were looking at uh, you know firstly we were looking at a industry where we can you know go and apply uh, good robotic knowledge and 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 also a fair amount of software knowledge, we we bottled down to the point that, okay, yes, uh, you know, fulfillment and robotics are, 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 fulfillment is a pretty good use case of robotics. And and of course, the, that was 2012, 2013, where fulfillment and all was not that sexy as, as it, uh, it sounds today. Uh, but I think, you know, when we talk to a lot of people, a lot of retail companies, e-commerce companies, one thing that we realized was that, um, you know the 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 innovation in fulfillment hasn't taken place in last whatever 10 15 20 years right uh, you know both from the software perspective robotics pers- perspective overall solution perspective you know the software that people were using was still you know pretty much very very services oriented um, you know they were you know, there were different software that was running in every every place just to you know kind of get a new warehouse up, it would take like six months to, you know, just customize the software and things like that. And then of course, um, you know, people was another, uh, you know, aspect of uh, of it that they were kind of struggling with. And I think, uh, you know, we, we saw that as opportunity that we need to build something which is, I would say, a lot more modern in, in both software and robotic technology, but but also kind of, um, uh, which is, which is, you know, very, robust for for different uh, you know types of um, you know fulfillment centers and warehouses and 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 things like that so i think uh, that was that was the inspiration i remember having this conversation where somebody was telling us a fairly senior person from from a company was telling us that it's also um, you know custom that it's almost impossible to build a, a, a true software for this and it's and hence it's more of a services play than a than a software play and a lot of large companies in supply chain software 
had a far more larger services revenue than software revenue and and i think that triggered us in in some way uh, you know we were we were naive enough to say uh, you know wh- wh- why don't we take this as a challenge and um, and and uh, you know shoot for it and and i think that's where the inspiration for gray matter and and robotics and all came together saying okay we're going to build build a solution which is one solution for every single uh, you know company and it's not going to be customized and it's 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 going to be very very centric towards uh, you know automation and robotics and likes of that and and today if you look at gray matter we have 100 plus fulfillment centers running on one single software not even a single line of customization it's all you know one single software running at across uh, you know places and of course it has different features being being used in one one fulfillment center versus other but still one single uh, you know software that kind of runs every different industry different size and and likes of that so yeah i think uh, i think for founders i think if you really believe in something i, I think being naive about it is not not a bad thing absolutely naivety helps almost always when it comes to entrepreneurship that's when we get the courage to go after these challenging problems and i'm sure all of us are so glad that gray orange did because you've built a phenomenal institution out of this which is global in nature and leading this wave now coming to that point right like so once you figured out this thesis what was it like to get through did you have like a breakthrough moment of sorts or like a first order where you were like okay this is working out because it's one thing to have that thesis it's one thing to put it to the ground right so what was the first couple of cycles with enterprises uh, who were the first couple of customers uh, if you can maybe take us to that as well it'll be really nice akash sure sure so i think um, you know we when when we started developing uh, i would say gray matter as well as you know different solutions for for uh, fulfillment centers there was a call that we took which was uh, i would say fairly risky was that you know we knew that tray matter and and you know what we call as a certified range of network or you know goods to person robotic systems you know it's going to take time it's going to take 2 to 3 years to get out there that's a fairly complex system and if you remember back in 2012 uh, you know uh, 12 uh, and and it's even harder today it's it was very hard for a company for going to 3 3 and a half years without any revenue right uh, you know so i think um, you know that got us to the point and we said okay while, while we are developing you know a complete uh, you know fulfillment system we will we will start with one of the processes which of course got plugged in into gray matter itself but we'll start one of the processes that can help us start generating some revenues right and we we and we i remember we talked to uh, different e-commerce companies in in india including flipkart and uh, we realized that okay uh, you know of course pick pack ship is a problem like picking and packing is is a big problem but sortation is another problem uh, you know for for them so i think uh, Uh, that's where we said okay while we are developing uh, overall larger fulfillment uh, you know orchestration software and and robotics for it in the meanwhile we'll will we we will start with solving this this problem now of course it was it was a fairly risky move because you were uh, you know kind of trying to do two different things or or at least a short term and a long term thing so attention of the team got diverted but i think what it helped was that when we started doing this we started spending a lot of time in 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 warehouses and and i think um, you know that's always helpful to spend you know more and more in time in 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 the place where 
you know, your customer is. So I think we started with sortation systems. I think our, our first order for sortation system was from Flipkart, um, you know, and uh, and I think, uh, uh, you know, first two or three were, you know, were okay. But I think uh, once we did three installations, after that it was hard to kind of, you know, get to the point, okay, this, this grows very, very quickly. So we did three installations, um, you know, and uh, worked with our customers for good, I think, one, one and a half year, right? And um, so we are two years into this sortation system business, um, you know, building robotics, gray matter, um, you know, goods to person system as well together. And I think, um, uh, you know, we, we we thought that, no, this is, there's something wrong with sortation system industry. And at that point of time, it was category creator again in, in, in India, because, uh, you know, there there were uh, only foreign sortation system companies, which were, uh, you know, which were which had a very very long lead time, and as well as you know tremendously costly. So nobody has installed, a, a, you know, I would say a, a automated sortation system. Almost none existed in in India. And then, um, we, so we spent two years with the customer, just refining the product, making sure that they get the value of the product. And then um, came one of the, uh, you know, Diwali seasons, or, or this was six months before the Diwali seasons. This must have been 2014, 15, uh, one of those years where we went from four sortation systems to like 45 sortation systems. So we, 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 we went from you know install installing three or four sortation systems to installing 40 sortation systems in those three four months this was you know you know from february march to um, you know august september before you know all those big billion days and and diwali seasons uh, you know came in so I think that really, really got us, uh, you know, going at that point of time. Of course, Free Orange has evolved a lot in 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 last uh, eight years, so that product does not exist anymore. But uh, but 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 I think that that gave us confidence and that gave us uh, got us to the point that yes, if you spend enough time with the customer, if you build a product that creates value, um, you know, while it might take time, it it does, uh, you know, finally kind of shoot up, um, you know, as we, as you work with the customer and, and show real value. Absolutely. Those are, those are phenomenal lessons. I think I'm hearing so much of uh, just figuring out your own way and delivering true value. The rest automatically gets taken care of if the team is as mission driven as the gray orange team was. So lovely to hear and great cues for anybody listening, but uh, going forward and maybe, you know, even taking a step back, I love the name gray orange. And in my research, I was delighted to know what it means because you've combined gray matter and orange. I mean, the fun aspect of it, is there another logic to it? Maybe you can give us a preview of why you named it gray orange as well before we move further yeah no i think gray orange um, uh, you know name was always around how do you how can you uh, you know follow your passion while having fun right and and also how can you combine your experience and expertise with uh, with uh, you know something that you feel you know you you really like and you can have fun with and and things like that i think we really wanted to always create an organization where uh, you know people can uh, you know use their experience, people can use their expertise, but uh, still it's always fun for 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 them, and 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 the kind of environment is always kind of energy generating for them rather than uh, you know energy depreciating. So I think that 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 was the whole uh, whole thought process, and I think the thought process also was to build a you know company not on an industry, not on a 
you know, particular, uh, you know, product and things like that, build a company with this culture, right? Uh, you know, you, you, you start with company with a thought or a culture to begin with. And of course, then you go into industry or multiple industries, but the thought process was to build a company not directed towards one industry or, or other, but focused on this culture of experience and fun. Awesome. Combining the culture with the name of the company is just lovely. I think moving forward, I'm sure one of the challenges that must have come through, even though you were building great tech, is when you were expanding beyond uh, India, right? And when you had uh, such advanced systems, and we are now, I think, in more than 30 odd countries, right, if I'm not wrong. What was the initial journey, right? Like, how do you break through and, you know, convince enterprises beyond India that hardware technology, AI technology, software tech from India for fulfillment centers can succeed, especially considering that it is not like a group of, you know, 40, 50 olds going, right? You were, you were young founders out of college building first-time companies. So I think if you can maybe take us to how the international expansion happened? How did you convince the first couple of international enterprises to buy uh, from you? That'll be lovely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as we started, of course, thinking across expanding RNG across Southeast Asia, uh, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, we we started talking to, um, you know, some of our you know, investors or, or people introduced uh, by our investors and things like that, um, you know, and, you know, and, and we said, okay, let, let's look at the right markets for, for this within, you know, Southeast Asia. Uh, and then, um, you know, when we talked to people, um, you know, Japan came out as a, as a strong, you know, market for it, right. Um, you know, and, while it was uh, a strong market for it, I think if anybody who has done uh, business in Japan, it's an extremely, extremely challenging market. It's an extremely hard market, especially when you're trying to, um, you know, I would say, put in robotic solutions in Japan, which, which itself has a fairly mature, um, you know, robotics industry, uh, surprisingly not in fulfillment, but um, in manufacturing. So, so we started talking to, um, you know, certain companies in, in Japan and uh, we we found a set of uh, people in japan uh, you know which which were looking for you know modern fulfillment technologies and and likes of that i think um, again it was just naivety for us to you know um, and you know i would I, I i would say this that it was just naivety for us to start international expansion from japan uh, uh, you know if if i were to do this again Maybe I would not start with Japan to as our first international expansion because, at the end of the day, um, you know we we I, I remember Homelogy being our first uh, you know uh, you know customer in Japan, uh, and we were doing uh, one of the biggest system uh, robotic system at least that we have done or pretty much in Japan that uh, at, at that point of time with 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 them. And um, you know, the, it, it was it was fairly uh, you know challenging to get ourselves to that level of quality and and making sure that everything is that spick and span and and likes of that um, you know, but on the other side, uh, it really really hardened us for for the world because you know if if you can if your processes if your quality if your um, hardware quality uh, you know can match up to the standards of of japan and their expectations and um, you know how how they um, you know are very very sensitive about any kind of software challenges i think it it was extremely challenging hard 18 months for gray orange 
But those 18 months really, really evolved us as a company to a different level because our QC processes in our manufacturing place, our um, software processes, our our sensitivity to just, uh, I would say, minute level of quality was really, really ingrained by some of those, uh, you know, customers in Japan. So, so yeah, I think that's that's how we began our, um, you know, expansion, uh, you know, journey. And normally uh, what people do is, uh, you know, uh, when, once you want to expand, you go to U.S. And then once you're good in U- U.S., you start expanding in Europe and then then comes Japan and Korea. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, we have taken exact opposite journey, uh, you know, out, out of this, uh, you know, we started with Southeast Asia, Japan, um, you know, went into Europe, uh, and, and then then came to uh, came to US. So, so yeah, that's, that's how the expansion journey kind of um, came in into the place. Got it. Uh, no, that's super fascinating, because of how things unfolded and it's great. I mean, as you said, sometimes early challenges prepare you for the rest of the journey. And that's what exactly happened. Uh, another interesting question that pops up, Akash, is uh, that, you know, while so many people, folks, founders on the show have been technology first entrepreneurs, while, of course, with Grey Orange too, there's a huge tech play, there's AI and so much automation. What does it take to build mostly like a hardware first business as well, right? If I can put it that way. What are some of the operational backend challenges that maybe we don't get to see or maybe the end consumer does not get to see in this case enterprises which are deploying the technology but you have to be very very mindful for as a company if you can maybe give us a preview of that i think that'll be very very interesting and out of the box that i haven't observed before sure sure yeah i think building a software plus robotics business has you know varied components to it and um, you know after the robotics need to be thought through in a very, very different way, right? Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, in the modern technology, uh, you know, software, you can literally, you know, fix it within within few seconds, deploy on cloud and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, robotics, of course, there, there's a very different level of planning that, that you got to do, right? You know, if you want to ship thousand robots, uh, you know, in, in eight weeks, right? The planning is very, very different if you want to release. So we, we, we went on and released a new version of robot almost every 18 months. So, uh, you know, you, the, the planning for that, um, you know, the margin of errors, all of that is very different. And, and in fact, when you're building a software robotics company, just making sure that you can carry parallelly those two different mindsets itself is a is a very different game because in your robotic teams you got to have a mindset of that while you're building fast you still need to be very very aware of kind of quality that you're designing for and and things like that right um, as simple as that seeing you know that you will be able to support the robotic product for next 10 years right understanding end of life of products and um, you know just designing for that designing for resilience designing for that level of quality are a very very different mindset than 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 the software development agile mindset and things like that and you know we we tried bringing as much as agileness into hardware as well because you know normally hardware releases happened uh, once in four years or, or so and we started releasing a new version every 18 months but I think you got to build a very, very different kind of organization, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to do this, um, you got to plan so much, you know, the planning has to be so much more robust, um, you know, your, uh, I, I would say, um, you know, just uh, think about this, you're going from 
product manager to um, you know product architect to hardware engineers, mechanical, electronics, um, embedded software. Um, you know, then your uh, manufacturing engineering folks, uh, manufacturing folks, quality engineering, uh, and and then you are on your uh, you know packaging and things like that, and then your you know shipment department, and then installation and commissioning department. So so the the set of people that it takes to getting to the point that you have thousand bots working at a site is a, a fairly, fairly orchestrated, coordinated, um, you know, effort of, uh, of a team. And that needs to be planned very, very well. The handovers needs to be done very, very well as you move from engineering to new product introduction to manufacturing engineering to, um, you know, supply chain, um, you know. So, yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you are building a robotics company, uh, you know, the mindset needs to be, um, you know, very, very structured, very, very, um, you know, organized. And and it doesn't mean that if you're building a robotics company, you cannot be agile. I think you can still be extremely, uh, extremely agile and, um, you know, and things like that. It just the mindset needs to be, uh, you know, a lot more deeply thinking rather than any anything else. Got it. That's brilliant. I think a very, very interesting perspective and uh, to know what goes on behind the scenes is so lovely. It's, it's such a unique mix of amazing people. And in fact, I want to know how you decoded that, right? Like this looks like such a diverse set of people considering that the skill sets are different. The requirements and talent pool is so unique in nature. Also, some of this must be such cutting edge technology that you couldn't maybe plug and play with somebody who fits the requirement, right? Some of this has to be created from ground scratch. If you can maybe talk to us about the talent density, the talent navigation that you and Samai had to do early on, as well as during expansion, I think that would also make for very interesting insights. Yeah, I think, um, you know, talent was definitely one challenge that we focused a lot in early early days, especially in, uh, you know, I would say building initial days of culture within the within the talent. Um, you know, I think I think when we started or on in early days, it's almost impossible to attract very senior, uh, you know, individuals. You can do one of them or two of them, but, you know, just, uh, you know, attracting a lot of senior individual and that too, in those days when Flipkart was still not the poster boy and nobody, uh, you know, had seen so much success in, in, in startups. And also, uh, you know, the hardware and robotic talent was uh, was and still relatively fairly scarce in in in, in india i think uh, in in those environments what we got to finally was that let's build a team of uh, you know passionate uh, engineers and and younger engineers which have a ability to learn fast and a lot of passion of building you know something uh, you know from scratch so i think uh, we finally got to that point where we said, okay, let's let's build this, you know, initial 25 people team, which is, you know, I would say a lot of young folks, but who can really, really, uh, you know, learn very fast and and have a lot of passion on, on just doing things. So, you know, honestly, there there isn't, you know, if if you are young and if you're doing these things and you're building, you know, a younger team. There's no other way just to put in a hell lot of time into this, uh, right? Because you got to learn and do, right? Um, you know, pretty much it's like building the clock while telling the time. So you you got to be, uh, you, you know, just learning as as you're doing. So I think that that was 
our big focus in early days first first 3 4 years you know we just got a lot of good young talent um, you know and and um, and and learned as much as as we can we were building some of the fairly advanced systems both from software perspective as well as from from robotics perspective um you know gray matter which started you know developing that on erlang again a very very unique language which we believed would be um you know very advantageous for us and and it is today uh, but again number of um, folks who would know or are expert in erlang would be in still three digits today in india right um, you know so um you know and 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 and, and then on the robotics perspective um, you know we were developing cutting edge battery management systems um, you know navigation systems and 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 likes of that and i think um, you know the the choice of just having people who are ready to learn a hell lot right um, you know was i think the the right choice that we took at um, at that point of time and of course as you scale up you definitely need um, support from uh, you know more and more experienced people and and honestly it, it wasn't that we didn't want to have experienced people it's just very hard to attract um, you know very senior experienced people in the early days of your uh, your company so i think um, once we went to fourth year fifth year we started then having a you know a, a starting to have a good mix of uh, you know senior engineers and and i think we we hired bunch of people that were not in india that are that were in germany or us who have seen some of these product cycles and 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 things like that but early days was very very focused towards um, just uh, you know learning and 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 doing absolutely i can imagine and uh, i love the humility there you know like you have to manage with what you have and that's where the so much of young energy can play a role and i think you've proven exactly that and once you have the firepower credibility i think talent attraction becomes easier with time got it that, that's super uh, another of course related question is the culture bit right you just spoke that you know the mindset for culture was from day one you built a very different type of organization what are some core tenets of culture at grey orange that really stand out for you and more importantly how do you as a you know cto as well as co-founder really ensure that the focus of the company in ensuring culture scales uh, as the organization scales really stands if you can give us an insight to that uh, it'll be very very interesting to know yeah i think um, when you look at different tenets of culture i think for us you know we were building this organization where people can thrive and enjoy right i think that that, that was very very important and we were very very intentional about uh, you know about this it was not just that okay this is one of the things why we are building company that was the thing we were building you know company for so i think uh, that came in um, you know i would say and and got you know fairly um, i would say deep into the mindsets of uh, you know people that uh, you know you know that that it's important and, and i think as we evolved i remember this is two years two and a half years down the line um, you know we we were on uh, our you know yearly trip and at when you are 30 people or 40 people it's so awesome that you can all just get out of the office and go on a trip together which is almost impossible with 800 people but i think it was amazing that we are all, all out and we we thought okay let's you know while of course you know uh, we when we are interviewing people when we are getting people we are getting 
people who believe in some of those things uh, you know that that we believed but um, you know we got got all of them together and said okay let, let's start kind of giving being a little more intentional and giving a thought to what kind of culture have we formed right because you know at the end of the day there's an intention and and reality and and you know culture is a lot more about reality than what you rather than what you think so we all sat down and said okay what are some of the core tenets of culture that we all believe in right and and we had this to our exercise where all 40 50 of us just wrote values that we uh, you know all believe in and and um, you know and and it was surprising that um, there was a lot of commonality in in all those uh, you know thoughts right likes of you know bias towards action like likes of humility uh, this this whole i think uh, it took us good six seven years to refine it into one single world today what we call as solvers you know but um, you know i i think when you look at uh, you know solvers or or the whole thought behind w- why we call ourselves solvers we we are just very um, humble folks who really want to pursue excellence with bias to action with curiosity and 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 likes of those so i think um, that's how it all started coming together and once we said that okay we now have a group of 40 50 people who fairly uh, you know are belong you know belong to a certain thought process and and values we started kind of codifying them you know and and talking about them and when people come in but another important thing about culture is that you got to let it evolve um, you know uh, you know as as the company grows as the things um, you know progress within uh, within the organization you you got to evolve the, the culture itself needs to be um, you know flexible it will it will evolve and doesn't mean that it needs to be undefined right it needs to be defined but it needs to you, you need to give your company's culture to evolve as you grow as a you know uh, organization and i think um, you know while some of the core values has remained same you know things have still evolved you know in within within the within the culture for gray uh, orange we went from you know pe- you know having people from one country uh, you know nationality to 25 country na- nationalities and you know every every na- nationality every environment comes with a different set of thought processes and you got to let those um, you know different cultures and different thought process assimilate within your within your company to to create that kind of a uh again going back to create kind of an environment where they also feel comfortable right um, you know which which again goes back to the core so 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 yeah i think that's that's how you know culture um evolved we are still um you know i, I would say very very intentional about uh, you know being vocal around these these things um, you know as we as we go along in into uh, this journey and i'm sure journey is still very very young so So yeah, I think those those are some thoughts. Got it. I think very very crucial, and especially the last part around evolution. I think you can't be rigid about culture as well. Uh, I think going forward, uh, I would love to also just double click very quickly on the fact that. Grior it seems to be the kind of organization which has a lot of foresight right almost like a product innovation built in because you're thinking 2 5 years into what the industry will look like talk to us about how do you build that kind of a dna into the organization at scale right i can imagine that okay when you're 20 50 members you can still look at okay what do we want to do 5 years from today but how do you keep that foresight mindset uh, to date and keep looking at you know uh, the future of technology the future of warehouses the future of robotics ai 
and implement that uh, in day to day i think that would be wonderful to hear akash yeah so i think some of this is structural and some of this is just kind of people you have in the organization i think uh, you know it's it's a combination of that and and third thing i think which is very important is how much time are you spending with the real people who are using your product i think that itself gets you a fair amount of insights into how things are going to look how things are changing and and you can extrapolate them and and things like that i think uh, even today or very early days we have ensured that our people are spending a lot of time with customers right you know i would say irrespective of what product i'm focusing on i still spend 30 to 40% with the customer in the field you know because i think that's that's really really important those are the things that give you ideas Uh, you know to say okay I, i think this is this is where the industry is going this is this is how things are evolving if you are you know sharply looking at something for long enough right you would you would be able to extrapolate okay this is this is how the curve is kind of um, you know evolving and i think um, most of the times customers are going to tell you uh, both problems and solutions and and of course their solutions are limited to their understanding of technology so uh, just focusing on their problems and not necessarily on their solutions again becomes very very um, you know important because they don't know what they don't know and and you can give them what they don't uh, know and they for them to think beyond a certain paradigm is always always very hard and 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 also uh, I, i would say culture within the gray orange uh, which i would say is not necessarily uh, you know the best of uh, of the things or you know it has both pros and cons is we do get attracted by complex problems right and and it's a it's i say it's a pro and con because of course uh, you know it uh, helps us to solve some of these complex problems but you know there are enough less complex problems in the world to solve as as well right uh, you know so so i think um, that level of curiosity that level of spending time with the customer becomes one very important part and the second part is how do you um, you know i would say structure organization and reward people and create this culture of it's okay to make mistakes right and and i remember i think this is four years back where we had this whole thought process of you know bringing the whole thought process of uh, you know dag acche hain into the culture right um, you know from from one of the famous ads that we had right um, in in india uh, just saying that yeah that that's fine it's okay you know uh, you know it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to it's it's not okay to repeat mistakes but you know making unique mistakes is absolutely fine and um, you know and, and again those are the things that let people um, innovate and 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 break uh, you know things um, and and so kind of structurally solving for that that it's it's fine for people to do this structurally uh, within your organization you know for example we started building uh, you know some something called labs right which was sort of people who might want to come out um, you know for a couple of years from regular business or or regular products and and think about um, you know near products near uh, innovations and things like that and then reassimilating back into the in, into the main organization uh, you know creating those cycles uh, i think those are the things that has helped us in in doing this and grayarange again we 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 love building things that help 
our customers do paradigm shifts. We 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 enjoy doing that. Um, you know, sometimes we kill us as well doing that. But 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 again, that's 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 part of the uh, game. But yeah, that's that's how we have been. You know, thinking about this thought leadership is something that we uh, care deeply as a as an organization. Uh, you know, and and which kind of gets um, you know I, I would say assimilated with other cultures. Uh, you know, of of innovation and bias to action. Got it. I think that's awesome to hear and a lot of great processes, learnings there to just like build a thriving culture. And I think this is going to be super helpful for early stage builders. I think this has been fantastic where we've covered a lot of ground in terms of, you know, what was the journey like initially? How did you scale? And also how have you built up the team with great culture? In terms of scaling per se, right? If you had to maybe give us cues, because in India, we're at a juncture where We've seen a lot of great companies deliver real value, but we're not seeing the journey of those companies getting to scale and building large institutions, which, you know, outlive us as well. If you had to give us uh, any learnings from the last couple of years in terms of how you scaled that 10 to 100 journey, as they call it, while we are aware that so much of it is left right now, it's, it's continuously evolving. It'll be great to hear from you what you think about scaling, especially, you know, with the international expansion, cutting edge technology, that mixture makes it super unique. Yeah, yeah. Let me give some insights. I think my insights would be more towards B2B scale-ups rather than C scale-ups. But I think from B2B scale-ups perspective, uh, one thing that we all need to understand is that the product is not just till you release the product. That's not the product. The product marketing sales enablement, how do you train your salespeople? um, How does supply chain scale up? All that is part of the product, right? Sometimes we we think that it's just the software that is product or the robotics that is that is the product. Uh, you know, they're, they're just important component for the product. It's like a necessary but sufficient condition. But if you really want to build a scalable go-to market, you know, something that scales, then the product doesn't end there, right? And and I think uh, the mindset of that not being just the product is is what differentiates a lot of company that can scale or that are able to scale versus ones that, are, that do not, right? At the end of the day, when you're thinking about robotics, software, or, or in that case, any, any kind of product, product needs to be a holistic form of the core product itself, how it's going to be marketed, how it's going to be sold, what's the training, what's going to be the solutioning piece, what's going to be the pre-sales piece, how exactly it's going to be deployed, how does customer success looks like, looks like and things like that. I think thinking all of these things as a part of the product is extremely important in that whole journey, right? Because sometimes you can get very myopic about Okay, this is the product. It works, right? Yeah, I I don't think that's that's good for first set of customers, first set of twenty customers, or you know, first few years. But if you really want to then keep scaling, right? The product view needs to evolve, and it can be said in different languages and different thoughts. But um, you know, creating your sales enablement or thinking about sales enablement as your first class citizen, as you think core product, right? Um, is I think really, really important. Um, so that, that, that's something that, of course, Grey Orange has learned across years. And, you know, in last couple of years or last three, four years, we have focused a lot on, you know, how how we think about this whole engine as a product rather than just the core product as the product, because um, that, that that really kind of differentiates between what you can scale. And, and second is 
just set of people that you are bringing bringing on board um, you, you know and and being okay with continuously evolving organization continuously changing organization you know if you are if you want to grow 70 80% year on year you are pretty much building a new part of your organization and that doesn't mean new departments but new part of the organization almost every year right and making sure how you communicate this how you make people comfortable with this um, you know we we have had a lot of geographical expansions uh, as well and how how do you make sure that people uh, you know of of different geographies are you know are all you know coming together uh, you know towards some of these things comes um, important and and again i know i'm repeating myself but culture again plays a very similar role in bringing all of those uh, you know together just making sure that when you are scaling up the mindset is all aligned right um, you know i think um, you know that that becomes important and lastly uh, if i add another aspect of it how do you make sure that your thoughts and aspirations of the let's say uh, senior leadership is very aligned with everybody else right um, how how do everybody is still um, you know i would say still can see the same vision that you know that the leadership team is saying right while while everybody would have their own tactical jobs right how 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 it can all um, you know i would say align towards the the vision that uh, you know companies seeing uh, limiting the the hierarchy as much as possible interacting as much as possible with people on ground and 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 understanding how exactly how easy it is for them to you know do things i think those are some of the aspects that uh, become important as well certainly i mean i can only imagine but it's so heartening to hear how things have evolved uh, the tactical aspects of what you mentioned in terms of looking at the entire engine as the product i think purely stands out uh, and the fact that the mindset when getting people together and focusing on culture is definitely lovely i think this has been great covered most aspects of the company building journey uh, as we conclude the conversation i would love to very quickly go on to the segment where you know i ask some founder related questions it's a concluding set of questions that i ask most folks on the show one of the primary ones there and i've received some great answers to this is the evolution of yourself as an individual right because we can see the scale at which gray orange is today and where it started but it's very difficult to quantify what you have gone through right and how far you've come if you had to give us a precursor of what the founder life does to you i think would love to know that akash how have you qualitatively evolved and what are the things that you have learned over time uh, would be great to get a recap of that Yeah, no. I think uh, as a founder, one habit that you get into is ability to evolve yourself very, very fast. Right? You're you're pretty much not solving the same problem any consecutive three to four months. Right? You're you're solving a very, very different problem every three months, every six months. So I think how how that has evolved me is being very, very comfortable with you know those things. Right? Uh, being being okay with. just changing my thought process my mindset my habits uh, you know all along the way um, you know so i think just being aware about yourself right that yes i think the finish line has changed has moved and you got to do things differently right right what you what what literally got you there is not going to get you there right being 
very very self aware of this this uh, uh, you know thought process um, while it uh, seems to be fairly straightforward I, i i think just getting into practices is is always hard the second aspect which has been i would say again very simple as a thought process but applying it to every single thing is hard of not being you know always attached to the outcomes right um, you know you you uh, you know and again i think here karm kar phal ki iksha mat kar from very first uh, day of your lives right at least if you're grown in india but you know practically applying the thought process of not being you know attached to the outcome is is again extremely challenging when you are working so hard for for something but i think if you can get yourself to you know follow this or or practice this in 70 80% of times i think that's that's again that's very very valuable for you as a founder as an individual if you can if you can uh, you know do that because then then you're really focusing on on your journey and and uh, you know how the what the path of journey looks like rather than just focusing on the end uh, end outcome and and these are two very different um, things i think third thing that it has at least got me looking at is being able to um, you know just time and again get out of um, you know day to day aspects and think about overall bigger picture how do i how do i relate things from what's happening what we want to do um, you know i think one you know one question that i continue asking myself every um, you know almost every 15 days is that um, you know what is one thing that i am pretending not to see and as a as a founder and and if you really think deeply about this question at least and and i still find answers that amaze amazes me because in the in the uh, you know day to day things and in the in in just um, you know building this you might get uh, you know lost and it's so important to be self aware that you might be seeing something that you're just pretending to see and and you know uh, and and things are very different on the on the on the surface so i, I think that's i've learned how to you know get um, you know get not caught up with um, you know things happening in all the places um, and, and again these are these are cycles it's it's almost impossible to not caught up on day to day basis but can i really zoom out and zoom in um, you know very very quickly and i think last thing as as a founder i think um, it's the people that really make the company and uh, you know how how do you continuously assemble a set of people that you can align with the vision that that uh, you know how how can you align the dreams of people with dreams of company i think that's when you know beautiful companies get built when you can really align the set of uh, dreams of every individual with the dreams of company and and i think um, you know appreciation for aspects like this um, is something that that my journey at cre orange has definitely uh, you know got me to and i think today almost 10 years down the line i think that's that's pretty much top of my mind um, you know at any point of time that how do we make sure that um, you know we we align dreams of the people to dreams of the company because that's when you can really build a successful organization lovely i i absolutely love that i think a lot of crucial pointers there and driving a lot of experience home so lovely to hear that i, I think uh, the second aspect of this is you know being a first time leader and you know considering that you're the cto as well along with being the co-founder you must have seen a lot of scale a lot of evolution in terms of just technical stuff as well as you know 
being a first time leader so if you had any i mean learnings in that front especially as to how you grown it's one thing to be a builder it's another thing to be a leader uh, how have you maybe you know navigated that aspect of things luck to know that yeah no i think we we can talk about both the aspects i think uh, you know being a leader of course there are different uh, uh, you know leadership style i'm i'm a big fan of you know servant leadership uh, you know style where you inspire people uh, you know by being uh, you know doing something or or by you know just uh, you know giving them the right direction and i think second aspect of leadership that i uh, that i truly believe in that how can you make sure that people you are working with they achieve things that they don't believe in i i think um, you know what a true leader does is it enables people you know to achieve or or to get to the potential that they don't imagine they have um, you know i i, I think uh, and there are different ways of doing it of course um, you know you know servant leadership I, i i believe is definitely one of the ways of 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 doing it but i think that's what leaders should be doing and um, and that's what i try and focus my energy um, you know as well to help people do what they cannot imagine i think um, you know on on and and honestly it, a lot of times it's necessarily not going to be a just a fun ride it's going to be a, a ride with um, you know all kind of emotions into um, into this but i think that's okay i think that's you know that that's what it takes for you to evolve as a as as a professional uh, you know person uh, whether it's me or or anybody else so i think that's that's from the that's how i see you know leadership and 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 how i at least measure myself or look at myself from am i being successful as a leader or or not am, am i able to um, lead our company in a in a effective way now technology uh, you know scale up and technology uh, leadership and and all these things are are slightly different aspects of it i think uh, you know from technology perspective how i think about this is that uh you know it's it's important for for a company to have a fairly good understanding of uh you know what are the things they're going to build what are the things they're going to buy what are the things they're going to create from scratch what are the frameworks that are available so i, I think um, ex- extreme of either is 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 bad uh, right you got to be very very um you know thoughtful of okay this is my core aspect these are things i'm going to build from scratch these are the frameworks i think are matured and there's no point in really you know you know rediscovering uh, you know those things right um, you know just accepting that they're not going to be every single piece of technology that you can build you know from scratch right and also making sure that value and technology not seen differently in the company i i, I think at least i had very hard time in in the very beginning you know helping everybody to connect those things because a lot of times technology gets very siloed from the value being given to the customer right uh, you, know, you know while while technology itself is a biggest value but you know you got to make sure that those teams still understand um, you know the value and and i think that is that also has helped us when you can get once once you can get those connections once engineers understand uh you know and architects understand uh, you know the value they are trying to create with the with the technology i think it it really helps you to scale as an organization because then you're not creating those silos uh, in 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 the aspect of this 
And I think one thing that at least at Creorange we learned in very, very early in the days is that the customer is not looking at the most fancy technology out there. No, that, that's, that's, not, that's not necessarily what, what customer is looking for. Customer is looking for what's easy to use, what can work, what can work time and again, right? And most of the companies, I think, go through this journey of building the product that is 98% available to 99.9% available. And those journeys are almost equal, you know, time and energy. So, and, and in all those times, you know, technology teams, uh, even architecture teams being very um, connected to on-ground customer, I think um, really helps you scale because then you are building things that uh, that will make lives easier for the customers rather than the, the most fancy thing, you know, out there, yeah. Super. I think, again, very, very fascinating learnings purely from a tactical standpoint as well as from an experience standpoint. I love how you made the distinction and, you know, spoke about some very unique aspects. This has been super fun. And I think for the last question, to find a fitting one is difficult. Uh, but it was very interesting in my research, you've mentioned that, you know, every now and then you still like to quote. Uh, you recently mentioned in the last uh, previous answer that the North Star is to bring in alignment as to how you can align the dreams of people and dreams of the company. If I had to ask you, you know, what keeps you going to date and what is your motivation corely as a builder? I think that would be a fitting end because so many of us listening, uh, we look at the flashy headlines of, you know, what it means to build a company, but uh, hearing from you as to what this really does to a person and what keeps you going to date uh, will be a great aspect to motivate us to build the new companies of tomorrow? Sure. Absolutely. I think um, what still keeps me going is um, the impact that you finally create, uh, you know, for consumers, for customers, being able to help our customers. And, you know, very recently started, we, you know, at at CreOrange, we started building a completely new product line for a completely new persona. Uh, you know, and and I think um, at the end of the day, you know, what what still motivates me is that you know, can we help people to solve the problems that are you know that that are challenging to them, and and then see how how we can really change you know thinking. While it's always hard, I think uh, you know, me as a founder, I still love building paradigm changing products. Uh, you know, building building things that you know that 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 are not thinkable by the customer because of their own technology understanding and and how can I simply put them forward to them without they really needing to uh, you know know all the technology behind it and 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 things like that so yeah I think being able to um, build paradigm changing products uh, you know being able to see that impact across uh, across the globe um, I think that's that's still something that keeps me going and building this with people who can enjoy with or who who I would love working with and they would love working in that uh, team. So I think, yeah, people and impact, I think those are the two things that, um, and, and I, I don't think that has changed in the last seven, eight years a lot. Uh, I think those are still the two things that I, 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 I think still keeps me going. Awesome. I think that's a brilliant way to end the episode. This has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much, Akash. I think we've covered things from naivety to scale we've covered things from purpose and mission and we've done so much uh, tactical as well as a uh, deep understanding of you know what it means to build a company which is at the intersection of cutting edge technology as well as a lot of scale a lot of mission it is just lovely thank you so so much akash for being on the show i really enjoyed the conversation and i really hope you did as well
Yeah, absolutely, Jeevraj. Thank you so much. It definitely got me to some of those memory lanes. So yeah, thank you. Awesome. With that, we come to the end of this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to the episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you're finding value with the podcast, do follow it on the audio streaming platform of your choice. Drop in a review and subscribe to our WhatsApp newsletter to get all the updates directly on your inbox. Thanks again. I will see you next week for another episode. Till then, I hope you record. If you never try, you'll never know. Stay tuned and keep building.